this is where the conversation degrades. Mm-hmm. We're talking about your room, and they say, this is my room, you, this is none of your business, basically. And we can get into the, oh, you you know, you want to go there, you know. Yeah, you <laughs> don't pay the mortgage. <laughs> this is my house. Right. And that's not gotten anyone anywhere. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go down that road. And I think this idea of the need doesn't have to be done in the classical sense of, okay, let's talk about needs now. They're probably bringing out their need in a way that we just didn't recognize before or weren't willing to recognize before. Right. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Speaking of your own life, are you driving a truck? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Big, fat, huge, <laughs> is this white like your, truck. Is this like a temp that someone gave you, or is this your new vehicle? Or no, that is our... Uh, this isn't going on the podcast. It could be. Oh, I don't know. Right. Depends if it's useful. <laughs> No, I I have a summer car. Oh, look I at have, you! Uh, I have a summer car that's a convertible <laughs> these days because we sold my F- SUV. So that truck is what pulls our boat, and so because I sit here all day, and it's such a gas guzzler, it's easier for me to take that and for. That's it's just the commuter. Gotcha. Okay, it's all kind right. of our commuter car, right. which is funny because it's ginormous. But I live ten minutes. All so. I have is trucks, and so when I pull up. Like early in the morning, and I'm we, the one we don't there. have a big parking lot here, right? So I pull up and I and I see like, hey, there's a truck there. It's like, is Liza driving? I a drive truck? a truck. Yeah, I'm about the least truck worthy <laughs> driver ever. But I do after. I think once you've had a truck, it's pretty hard to yeah. go back. Yeah, my I I've realized that's my where I live, and my wife is. All we have is trucks. Oh, really? And so I mean, they're SUVs yeah. or trucks, whatever. Yeah. And so and she's like, yeah, I'm not going back to sitting down low in traffic no like no no i will always have something raised up for sure but yeah yeah. i love it i love it that's funny well uh on with the show here we are so we were just discussing a little bit my my thought for this show was first of all i have to say this idea of the nonviolent communication thing and how i do it now in session it has become my i tend to do this i get a little obsessed about certain things and then I sort of run with it for a while. That's and, so funny. And, and jam every client into <laughs> I totally <laughs> can relate to that. My um in grad school we had to read a book about I'm sure you did um by Dr. Yalom. Okay. Yeah I know what one you, you're talking about. Yalom. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he said that when he would supervise, he would teach a concept and then he would challenge the supervisees and his students that they could not use the concept for two weeks. Oh, Oh, that's torture. It's torture because it's all you think about is like how I can pull that in or the podcast you heard that morning and how you pull that in. But it, it made them use other things. And then, or maybe it was just a week, but I thought it was a funny concept because I do the same. I will hear something and then suddenly yeah. everything relates to it in uh, session. Yeah, that would take years off my life, I think. <laughs> I can't well, do that. Well, I highly doubt if you asked the students <laughs> that they were able to do that. Because if you have a new idea or concept that works for you and works for clients, you're going to use it. And so the fact that you're using the nonviolent communication means it resonated. And I, I, I'm actually using it even in individual sessions more and more. Just the idea of what it has elements of is elements of emotion. Something happened and there's a story that the story sort of becomes toxic and it, it, it drowns out lots of useful ways forward or drowns out 
the greater good and we get bogged down in the story. Right. In this case, the individual story of I can't or they won't or mm-hmm. you name it. And there's a way out of this. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I did it successfully in my last session that we just did before we nice. ran this show. So I was really like, I think I can do this. And I, I did it in using that format. And I'm a super believer, I guess, now in this idea that, like I said, I think we've talked about on other sessions this idea is, ran, is runs through other people's versions of couples therapy and whatever, and, you know, and it's, it's this idea of the need. And I think in this case, the story is added as another mm-hmm. way of saying that the story is not helping you. The, mm-hmm. what your version of what this looks like is generally kind of toxic and sort of breeds more mm-hmm. toxicity, if you will. Yeah. I think the vocabulary may change depending on modality, but very common golden thread through most modalities and theories of some sort of vocabulary change get to the need what Mm -hmm. is the conflict what is the story that you can find these common threads in therapy and have an understanding that really I can take any avenue it's just how well can I explain it and and what I want to get with this show today is certainly is I want to get to some concrete examples of using these things because I think the theory sounds great when you get to okay this is these are the parts but many times how we get to the need what does that sound like how to get there people don't understand because they go okay I'm going to try to get to the need and then they they start saying well what is my need what is their need and then they bog down and mm-hmm content about old arguments and mm-hmm. whatever and and they don't really get the f- satisfaction or the feeling of that this thing really worked for them mm-hmm. it's like we got to have somebody else in the room to mediate because we can't seem to get to the need we just bog down in mm-hmm. old in, stuff in the weeds mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right and so i want to i want to show i guess on this show I, I have three examples on here at least three sort of this is what it would look like or the, the content could look like. And then how would we use these, some of the things that we've already talked about on the show. So okay. I don't want to just use the nonviolent communication ideas. There may be other ideas, again, on what would that look like? What would that sound like in practice mm-hmm. uh, for how that would go? So a quick review of what we've been on before. Other shows we've talked about the notice what's going right idea. So I think that's a very important one when you're bogged down and where do we go from here? I think that's a great sort of fire starter of, of getting going there. So um, listening, what does that sound like? What is the pattern? Again, another great idea that we've discussed and I've used in my, my own practice. Rerounding or slash repair. I have, a, I have a hard time with the word repair. Do you? It just bothers what me. What does it bring up for you? <laughs> I, Let's I don't do know. this, Meryl. It's like Let's ripping apart flesh or something. And I just, I don't know. Repair? <clears throat> I, almost, I almost think that the, the term itself becomes kind of a, therapist cliche that I don't know it just doesn't work for me Mm. that word it bothers me and like I said I don't know what that says about me but it (laughs) it just does that's a whole nother uh, podcast um the Gottman theory you know we've talked about that asking for stuff how we would do that attuning how you would listen to someone else vent essentially so these are all I think great pieces and parts of what this all could look like and mm-hmm. it's just a matter of demonstrating to folks how you would use these things and how to be nimble with it. That they're, they're, people are going to be a little bit unpredictable and accuse you of things or do something in the moment you didn't expect. And here's where we get bogged down in the weeds. Mm-hmm. I mean, generally, that's where it gets derailed and 
you know, now we're talking about old stuff again. So, and I want to also emphasize before we get into these demonstrations that we're not talking about abuse patterns here, that those we generally try to identify early and we would separate people, right? And we would right. try to identify, okay, what's going on here? And if there's an abuse pattern, deal with how we stop that. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking down an abuser generally, that that's, that's not something that we can solve with these techniques. These techniques are under the assumption that both people want a reasonable outcome and we're not trying to force something along, which right. is usually what abuse is, right? You have to do it my way and that's not what we're talking about here. So in these scenarios, I'll briefly run through a quick description and then we'll just sort of free play like what this could sound like or different versions of how to get started or where it's bogged down, you know, as, as you've seen. So awesome. um, the first one I've, I've got, and we've talked a little bit about this on the show, is we're frustrated with a teen or frustrated with another person. But in this case, the scenario is a, is a teen. You feel you're not connecting. You feel they're not listening to you. There's just kind of a... It's just not going well. Mm -hmm. You can, you as a parent, perhaps you can see there where you feel like their life is going in a bad direction. Your attempts at influence are not working or don't seem to be connecting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or they can be seen as avoiding you. This can be very frustrating for you and they're not really responding to you anymore other than fights. Mm -hmm. So where to go from here, I guess? What does this look like, sound like? To me, I guess this is sort of a classic that begs what's going right mm -hmm. idea. It's Using like, the what's going right that's in order right. to... Mm -hmm. what would that, so what would that sound like? It would be finding anything that is going right in their life that you can connect with and saying, hey, I really appreciate you doing that. Starting and with the positive. Start there. Mm -hmm. We don't seem to be connecting, so what can we connect on? Let's connect on what's going right. Mm -hmm. Hey, I've noticed that you did that thing for your mother. I know your mother really appreciates when you help her finding the most minute thing mm -hmm. and starting from there. Mm -hmm. Even if it has sort of nothing to do with really what you're trying to accomplish. What you may see as, well, I want them to be doing better at school or they're upset about this or that thing. This has nothing to do with that. I don't think it matters. No, you're honestly. just laying groundwork for being able to have conversations. If you can come in with a teenager and say, like you just said, you know, I really, you're almost talking to them about their impact for the good. That's right. That's the positive, right? What's their impact? And so that's really helpful to our family. That would be a great place to start. I wonder if I could ask you a more serious question or a different question and then help me understand why when I ask you about your room, and that I, I physically notice you remove yourself or I, I feel like that. I feel this tension in my chest. Like, could we actually, could we start with the positive and then move into the peace? But that requires actual responding, which is kind of that react respond. That's, so I know we're talking about theory, but if we keep it in the same line of the example, can I slow down my speech? Can I slow down to be a responsive, like opening the conversation, not reacting to, I just walked into their dirty room. Can I go in with the intention of, I'm going to tell them the impact and then I'm going to ask for clarity, curiosity, not demand, not criticize, 
why is your room? So it's a vocabulary change from why to help me understand why when we have a conversation about your room, I feel this pull between us. You kind of have to know the person, right? To know, are they ready for this mm -hmm. ask? Mm -hmm. Are they ready for this? I'm going to ratchet it up a notch here. And are they, can I tell by the look in their eye, can they handle that? Mm -hmm. Are they in that mood? Mm -hmm. And just mm. preparatory language can really help with that. It's funny to be sitting here talking, trying to think of like an actual example. But if we stay on that room saying, hey, can we talk? Do you have a minute? Just slowing down instead of going right to, I walked into the room, so now I'm reactive. And so this gets to how, do I, how am I going to ask for things, right? So we've talked about the, I'm going to assess whether they're in the good mode. I'm going to maybe butter them, uh, I shouldn't say butter them up, but at least get them thinking, hey, it's, it's not all going poorly, which is the bring the right person. Uh, you're thoughtful. You, you know, think of us. You're mm -hmm. helping us. And, and then get, ultimately getting to that I have a dream idea, mm -hmm. which is, hey, I whatever it is in this room situation, we'd really like you to work on this, whatever the example is. And they may flinch back at that, right? You've now sort of laid it all out and they flinch back at that. And they may say something like, why are you bugging me about my room? It's my room. And my answer to that, which I've learned through these um, nonviolent communication ideas is the need, is like, what is the need they're expressing in that moment? Mm-hmm. So if I say to you, why are you always bugging me about my room? Isn't it my room? What, what's the need they're expressing there? What is the need the teen is expressing? That's right. Yeah. I, okay. I, I would think they're expressing like just some grasp of control. Right. Some need for independence from the family. From, from, from the dictator. From the, the authority. <laughs> yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to just, I've I'm, I'm literally been like helping clients like think of these words. When they accuse you or make one of those statements, think, hey, it sounds like you have a need of blank. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Mm -hmm. I mean, literally like filling in those words because I think this is where the conversation degrades. Mm -hmm. We're talking about your room and they say, this is my room. You, this is none of your business, basically. And we can get into the, Oh, you, you know, you want to go there, you know. Yeah, you don't pay the mortgage. <laughs> this is my house. Right. And that's not gotten anyone anywhere. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to go down that road. And I think this idea of the need doesn't have to be done in the classical sense of, okay, let's talk about needs now. They're probably bringing out their need in a way that we just didn't recognize before or weren't willing to recognize before. Right. And, and they're shoving you away in this example of this is my room. But could you not respond with, sounds like you have a need of independence here. You're wanting to make your own decisions and, and you're not getting that from me. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Which requires the parent to come in, requires me as the parent to come in almost from like an unheightened state. Right. <laughs> so yeah. if you know this about yourself, that their messy room is a trigger for you, set yourself up for success can we have these conversations not in the messy room? Can we like stage it? They come in after school, they're telling me something exciting. I tell them the positive impact they had. And by the way, 
can we talk about your room for a minute? It doesn't have to be this showdown yeah. of conflict. But that, like to your point, if you don't think about it ahead of time or just you get angry and then want to address the thing after you're already angry, not it's a showdown time. now. Yeah. We're, we're getting the out time. the... We're getting out the bullets, the That's right. the, the, the proverbial Rambo, Rambo belt, belt. <laughs> and we're going to do it right here. Yep. So that's not productive. So the idea is to plan ahead. And in my version now, I guess, of what's helpful thought ahead of time is what might they say, what might their reaction be, and what, does, what need does that point to? Because that's what I want to get to, because I think that need gets us out of the emotion and the story. Mm-hmm. This, your story in the, the room example is they are a slob. They don't listen. How can anybody live in this room? Just look at this place. This mm -hmm. is, there's mold growing over there. There's, you know, what, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever. And their story is why are they constantly bossing me about everything? Can I have one piece of ground on this earth that I can control and run the way I want? And they are not capable of understanding that I need to make my own decisions. Mm -hmm. And you will be a lot more receptive as a parent about their need if you already know yours. What is the end game here? Do that work beforehand. My need is to stop fighting with my child. My need is to have them understand that what does a clean room mean to me? I guess I feel respected or I feel validated that we provided you with this room. I don't know that any kid really gives a rip about that. <laughs> or you're going to college in f four months. You're going to have a roommate. You may want to consider what that roommate might think of. Right. This. It's my role. It's my job. Or what do I think about my job? What's the story I tell myself about my job as their parent? But I have to do that work before actually sincerely asking the question. It seems like you are saying to me, da, da, da. And what is my need? Because to this point, you may have thought, well, their actions are upsetting me. I need them to stop. Mm -hmm. That's my need. <laughs> stop screwing up. Stop making me mad. <laughs> right, go that's deeper. My need. That's when I say push the elevator button and go deeper. What is it actually? And you likely can't do that when you're upset. No. That work is beforehand. This is why slowing down and being responsive is, is how you need to come into the conversation. And being open to the fact that we can get our needs met in some way that maybe we haven't thought of yet or what that would look like. But right. let's try to keep our needs specific. But the need, if the need is I need you to do this very thing the way I want you to do it, well, then that's not really a need. That's a demand. Right. Right. A need is much more open. I'm trying to get a result here, but I'm open to how it would look. And we can negotiate on how that looks. Right. So a lot of ways to go here that one, starting with the positive, maybe is a good way to at least start down that road. And that may take some time. I mean, that may take a number of weeks, months of just maybe trying to get to the point where you think, okay, I think the person's ready for more. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that's really you as the parent have to, again, look them in the eye and go, are they ready for more? Are they ready gonna... for more? <laughs> uh, honestly, it's been my experience, Meryl, that if one of you, if you are doing that work, you've already changed the, how this pattern goes. 
Yeah, yeah. maybe am I ready for more, I guess mm-hmm. is maybe a, another mm-hmm. legitimate question. Have I done the work to allow myself to get to where we need to be and not get flooded? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hard to have a one-sided battle. You can look through history books of how well that goes, right? right? If you match them, then that's why we continue in that same pattern and of frustration and conflict. But if even one side is doing that, then suddenly that kind of changes the way that whole pattern yeah. works. And the pattern can be, hey, it sounds like we fight over this room thing. Okay, now I can do some work of like, what is the story I bring to this thing? What is my need I'm looking for? And what might they say? And what, what might need come out of what they're saying? Mm-hmm. I can do that work ahead of time. I can plan for sure. I can articulate mine. And I can kind of be ready for what they're going to say. Because we've probably had this conversation before. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a somewhat of a pattern of what that would look like. And what does that mean in terms of a need for them? Can I figure that out or at least get close to that with some ideas and bring that to the conversation? Or before and go, okay, if that's their need, and this is mine, where's the middle ground here? Mm-hmm. What, what could that look like, potentially? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a good idea to walk through that with the person, that what I've just done there. I mean, do you think? I mean, you could do all that work and say, oh, this sounds like the solution. Let me go and just propose the solution right off the bat to the person. <laughs> How would that go? Oh, well, I think it's rather assumptive that you know. I mean, you can prep and think through what could their need possibly be but I would not want to feel like I've got it all solved without asking yeah again that sounds like a demand Mm -hmm. and you're going to say I actually just had this in a session recently um, in an effort to kind of build a bridge between this father and son I asked the father a question and he said and he started out with the boy's name and I'll call him Tyler and he was like well Tyler does it this way and Tyler does it that way and Tyler does it this way and I was thinking the whole time as he was speaking even though they were somewhat positive things he was telling him you could see Tyler physically retreat of like that's not how I feel about that be only simply because no one asked him about it. And I think that's kind of a critical piece of even if it's, I think you might be thinking this, or I think your need might be this. What if I just asked the teen? So what comes up for you or what happens when I say clean your room? Help me understand what the need is for you to live in the way that you do. Ask them. You might be really surprised. You could work it out and be preparatory while they need their independence, all those things. He may say, I feel incredibly overwhelmed with all the stuff I have going and it feels like one more thing. Who knows? What is his need? There's nothing wrong with preparing yourself for that conversation, but but the key is being being open and receptive to, it may not go that way. That's right. And, And that's okay. Yeah. Just try to stay in. What what do we need here? And maybe maybe we the conversation doesn't end with a solution at all. But we're just trying to map out more closely what we each are needing here, right. and then we'll have time to think about well, what mm-hmm. would that middle ground look like. And there is space for being preparatory and kind of walking yourself through that. At least takes out that initial 
anxiousness about it. Like I'm thinking through it. It helps you pause. It helps you reflect. Even if it goes very differently or the need is stated very differently. It's preparatory. Folks, COVID has affected everything. And we are going to talk for just a brief moment about how COVID affected this particular show. We didn't know it at the time, but I was very likely COVID positive when we recorded our last show together in the room. Okay, well, let's get on with the, the next scenario here. Before we mention the, the next scenario, I want to mention, you might hear me clear my throat in the middle of this episode. I just want to state this is a fact. I actually had COVID when we recorded our last episode. <gasps> so glad our mics are six feet <laughs> and, apart. And Liza did survive. We do have social distancing. Survived with no positive. Test. There you go. We have our social distancing here in the Layton, Utah recording studio. Oh, so yes, we, we able to manage through that. Um, so the next scenario is, and the reason I mentioned that is this is something I've fought my whole life is this sort of garbage in my throat issue. Mm. So I, many times people have thought I'm sick or my voice sounds extra gravelly that I'm like, what's going on there? I'm like, this is how I sound. It's a prerequisite <laughs> for having a good podcast voice. Yeah, there you, you go. You must deal with respiratory yeah. issues. If you want me to really get there, <laughs> I can do it. Uh, the next scenario is arguing, getting intense, seemingly over simple stuff with your spouse. Um, I don't know. Let's pick a specific thing. Last time we talked about sort of the on-time thing. Um, what would be another classic that you've heard, I guess, people arguing over this issue. It's not a necessarily a deal breaker, but it seems to break out into squabbling over other things. I find one that a lot of families run into that I work with or couples is time, how much time is spent with each other's extended family. Okay. Yeah. Like what are we, where are we going for Christmas, mm -hmm. Thanksgiving? What's that going to look like? Mm -hmm. and, who we taking on vacation, mm -hmm. where we're meeting up, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Usually one family is just more, I, I, I wish there was a term, gatherers and non-gatherers, <laughs> just like we have extroverts and introverts. Right, right. But there are just families that um, gather more often or almost have like, well, the tradition is more set and the other one might be more fluid. The other family, maybe it depends on where the birth order is between the spouses, you know, if there's traditions that have been established or if they're more okay. receptive. Yeah. Well, in that case, hey, we're going to my parents. Everyone wants to go to my parents for Christmas. And I guess we should figure out the Thanksgiving plan or whatever. And the other person is doesn't like that. Right. It's like what you just thrown out is not acceptable, you know, whatever. And now we're going to dig into the, well, we did it this way or, you know, whatever. All these are, we're going to, we're going to bring out our, we're going to get our attorneys in the room and decide our righteousness right. for our way of doing things. Right. History, the, what did we do last year and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're going to, now our mentality is what? When? When? <laughs> like... So coming at that from the nonviolent communication, how would you tackle that? Well, I would say first, it's always the, the emotion. So the emotion is uh, frustration, perhaps. The action was my spouse has ictionated my idea on what we're doing for Christmas. <laughs> Categorically said, we're not doing that. So the story that I'm telling myself is 
well, obviously she thinks my family is unimportant. I'm not able to say what I want to have happen during the holidays, whatever. This is her thing and, you know, whatever. Like I could, I can mm -hmm. go down a deep well of <laughs> the story mm -hmm. there. And so the, from nonviolent communication ideas to say, recognize what the story is and recognize that that story is only making you sort of, it only gets worse from there. Thinking of the story leaves you frustrated. That's right. Just, just bringing, just bringing it up in your brain will now leave you frustrated two days from now when you mm -hmm. remember this conversation and try to figure out how I'm going to solve this thing. And mm -hmm. the story tends to keep you in the thing, mm -hmm. locked in. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is to get to the need. Again, it's, it, but we're just acknowledging, hey, there's, a, there's an emotion, an action, a story that goes with that. How do we break out of that gets to the need. Mm -hmm. So in this case, my need, I have to figure out what that is. Why did I say we're going to my parents for Christmas. Yeah. Could be. What do you say? Could be. I don't know. Something is like, I'm not sure how much time we have left with my father. Mm -hmm. My, you know, it could be that. Yeah. Could be. I just don't feel like we've gotten to their house in a long time. And I think it would really matter to my mother, whatever the kids to see, you know, whatever it is. I mean, there's probably a reason there um, mm -hmm. and being willing to say, Hey, these are, this is what I'm, I guess those, those sound like, I guess, actions or again, more arguing for my, my reason, my way of doing things. I guess the need is I'm scared. I'm going to lose them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if we have many chances left here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it could be something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a yours, yours or less or more important or whatever. I'm just freaking out about how many times we'll get to do this mm -hmm. that remain. And if my spouse rejects that idea or then does not counter with her needs and then says something along the lines of, well, but I thought it was my turn to plan this year or we've done it your way last year or some, some accusation. Mm -hmm. We spend every Sunday with your parents or you know we go to their house once a month there you go we got we got on the call with them we did the zoom call we yeah. you name what if it they we, negate everything that you said about this might be the last one yeah so there may be some accusation there and again the the accusation there's a tendency to start to bog down into the bring out the attorneys <laughs> right. and let's let's win the 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 thing yeah what is the person's need if they say well, but you seem to always choose or we seem to spend way more time than we need to with your parents or, you know, whatever. What is, what is their need? Sounds like your need in that case is you feel like we're neglecting your parents because mm -hmm. they live far away or we're neglecting them because they're young and you've got plenty of sisters or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably a reason why we're neglecting your parents. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Is that your need. Mm -hmm. And now we're on a fact-finding mission. Of <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like there's probably, I, I threw out a difficult example <laughs> because I really feel like that might fall in the perpetual category because calendars do come up and you end up having to just mm -hmm. negotiate. If you're doing that well, you're ending up negotiating calendar space anyway, but getting to the need of why do we always argue 
about whose home we're going to, that feels like maybe more mm, yeah. the centerpiece of why is it that when we talk about time with extended family, could we get to the need of that? I feel like we spend a lot more time with your family than we do with yours. So is the need I would like to spend more time with my family or is the need I want to not feel obligated to spend that much time with your family. Yeah. I spend plenty of time with my family. Or the need could be, I'd like to feel like I have an equal shot in this conversation. And I think it usually ends up with you doing what you think we should be doing. Right. Right. Because then dun, it's dun, becoming dun. more <laughs> about the way we're arguing yeah. or the, the need than actually whose house we land at, at noon on December 25th. Yeah. And this gets to a, a point in this example where, again, the nonviolent communication idea or any of these ideas, if you, if you start the conversation with, I want them to do it my way, that the outcome has to be this way, uh, there's no, I don't know that such a system exists to solve that. Because yeah. then it's like a win or, win or lose thing, you know. Yeah, and family systems, you're, that's just rigid. Right. When we are dealing with a rigid system where there's no flexibility, that's we know that from most things they snap. Right. That doesn't tend to be very sustainable. The more flexible a system is, the better it is for negotiating, for uh, nonviolence, for compromise, for harmony, for peace. I could go on and on. <laughs> But we're trying to focus on the need because that keeps us more in the task of what exactly it is we're trying to solve here. And then if you feel like you've come to a good resolution, maybe, about, hey, how did that go for you? What was right? What was positive about that conversation? Sure. What, what, what struck a chord that all of a sudden we were able to break through this thing? Mm -hmm. Was it something I said? Was it a thought you had? Um, what worked there? Mm-hmm. And then that gives the other person the opportunity to say the impact, right? And circle back to, ah, that went really well, this piece. Oh, yeah. I noticed that, that that was different than these other times we yeah. talked about it. I like the way you came to me with this subject, or sure. I like the fact that you had seemed like you had done your homework, or I like the fact that you seemed like you had thought about what I wanted before this and sort of presented that as one big package about how we would solve it or mm -hmm. you know, whatever. There's lots of... What, what went right may have been the thing we just did. Mm -hmm. Let's not lose that. That's right. You can put the <laughs> what went right at the end. <laughs> right. That's novel. Yeah. And so just trying to, again, be creative there to go, okay, we got it. Or the other version is, hey, that didn't go so well. We break up, not break up like divorce, but mm -hmm. we, we end the conversation. Mm -hmm. And now we get to this idea of can we restart the conversation at a later time? That's possible too, right? Sure. Given some new thought about, hmm, what is their need? Or I don't even think about even what mine even is. So maybe I should think about that first before I go back and do that. It's, it's okay to do that too. Right. And the more aware you are of who's showing up, that person that you've talked about in prior podcasts of who's showing up to the, to the fight or to the conversation, the more you understand when that moment is, right? Because you feel the... You, you might feel the flooding beginning and saying, I, I need a minute. I actually want to think about what my need is. And then you reround later and you can talk through, okay, I've had a minute to think about what my need is. 
And it turns out it's not so much about where we go on Christmas or Thanksgiving or it's I feel like I we do argue about it and then I am told what is happening and I do not want to continue to argue so I go along. So the need would be I, I would like to feel heard. Yeah. And that gets to like how we go about coming down to these these um, decisions, I guess. So, um, okay, so a uh, good one there. I mean, the last one is same idea over big stuff. And the thing I had that has come to m- my mind recently is when I say big stuff, it almost seems like the, the thing is seemingly a win or lose situation. Mm-hmm. I want three children, you want four. Who's going to win? that's above my pay grade (laughs) that springs to mind Gottman every time for me is that 60% this is their research 60% of marital conflict is perpetual a perpetual type question like this that there is no there is no we are going to find a compromise on this there is just can we have an understanding without agreement and I think life is can be sprinkle these things in are we getting the vaccine or not getting the vaccine mm-hmm. i mean there's there's a lot of these sort of yes no mm-hmm. what's the number what's the thing that 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 tends to point to a winner or a loser right somebody has to give somebody has to conquer mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, and that win that is hard to it's hard to do an example of but right like you said with the vax cards at some point there has to be just an autonomy of self and that i have this is where I feel strongly and I have enough respect for my partner to know that if I feel strongly, they have an equal chance of feeling strongly. Like, do I have actual positive regard for the person I am in a relationship with that I believe that they could actually feel as strongly as I do in the opposite? Right. Is that a possibility in my brain? Or what I've come upon recently is there's somebody in the relationship that feels like they are the stupid one. Mm. they're never the smart one. They're always the one who's told what to do. And now they come upon one of these crossroads of three children versus four children or, you know, whatever. And they're going to be told what the right answer is. Right. Also a Gottman answer is (laughs) that that's, you know, when, if you're trying to predict an outcome for a marriage, you're looking for defensiveness, criticism, contempt, and stonewalling. I see that as a ginormous red flag. If someone says, I feel like the stupid one, then there is contemptuous communication happening constantly. Right. And can, and people will say, what, what is contempt? And for me, contempt, the definition is there's criticism with an air of superiority, right? It's the, of course you did. <laughs> of course you right. did it that way. Instead of just help me understand w- how that happened. There's a, not only did you do it, of course you did. Because you're an idiot. I don't have to say the idiot part. You just know it. Right. So when those are apparent in a therapy session, I'm quick to catch the contempt and say, you're right. That will continue to be a roadblock crossroads for you because the way you communicate that with each other is with contempt. Yeah. And, and really, we have to back away from the three kids versus four kids because we're way... There's something way bigger going on here that we want to address. Because there is no right answer to three kids or four (laughs) kids. And the sooner both of you understand that, that there is not, 
you can't have three and a half. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, one, something I, I realized even just the other day, uh, I don't know where I heard it or maybe even thought was this idea of I'm giving a person a compliment. It's like, even just a compliment can be kind of a backhand of that because it's like, you did a good job with that. You should, you should give, give yourself a pat on the back. You did it that, you know, that way or, you know, great job or whatever. The mm -hmm. hidden message is I'm the determiner of good job, bad job. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the one who gets to <laughs> sprinkle out the, you know, the good, the attaboys, the, you know, whatever. And That's I determine that. That reminds me of, <laughs> wow, how old am I? I'm middle aged and that just sent me back to my teenage years of my brother saying, who made you the judge of cool? <laughs> and right. Who made you the judge of, you know, good things? Right. But even, even a person may not even be thinking this at all. They're actually trying to deliver a, a compliment to the person, mm -hmm. but it, it does keep perpetuate this idea that I am the judge of yeah, how it's supposed it's to turn out. It's a contemptuous compliment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just being aware of that is kind of a, can be a little bit mind exploding, mm -hmm. I think. Um, Absolutely. And point to, the, I guess, the greater issue of what's mm -hmm. going on in this situation. So mm -hmm. anyway, I guess we're, we're at our time. This was good. This is kind of what I wanted. More, more, what would I really do here? Less of the theory behind it. And I, I think these are good, all of it. I think we covered a pretty wide swath of different variations and, and different ways to think about this. Your, your thoughts on... Indeed. No, I think giving examples um, are so much more helpful if we can come at it from that direction. Yeah. And like I said, for me, I'm, I'm super excited about this nonviolent communication idea. I think there's so much in there. It's a book anyone can purchase. That's the name of the title. Um, Marshall Rosenberg is the author. I've just finished reading it, and I think it's very simply written. I mean, you can buy a $15 Amazon book and really find a lot of just gold in there. That's Perfect. just very uh, simply written and not full of psychological babble, mm -hmm. honestly. <laughs> I, I dare you not to use it in every <laughs> session now. Um, not possible. Yeah, I don't think that's possible <laughs> no anymore. Possible. That, 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 the horse has left the barn already. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's great. It's too late. Um, okay, well, um, anything else to add? Any final thoughts there? I think this was, this was fun. This was a good way to, I guess, just introduce these ideas and see just what it would look like in different scenarios and what could be the bigger issue. So right. we'll work with more of this on future episodes of Counselors Can Help. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself or a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.